you know, we're going to pop in for Mondays. I know we even go ahead, Darrell. You could explain your, your perspective because we really, you know, we we want to dive into this. I mean, something we so I felt like a harder upbringing sometimes influences decisions. So, for example, like go on the topic of let's go on finances. If you weren't taught how to manage your money, if you weren't taught how to make good financial decisions. When you get older, you are prone to make bad decisions because you weren't taught how to make good decisions. So that's kind of what I meant by that. That was just an example. Oh, uh, all right. We was more talking about you had a partner who, you know, we understand that definitely. Like your upbringing, I don't care if you grew up rich, poor, it's going to have an effect on the way you view life. So that's a guarantee. I mean, that's 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 a given. But I'm saying when you dated somebody, did you ever date somebody who had a rougher upbringing than you or had a harder breakup than you and then you met them at that, you know, at that time? Oh, yeah. Especially when you meet someone coming out of a relationship. Yeah, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be like that. And they bring in, you know, whatever uh, they hated or whatever, you know, that that significant did to them. They bring that into a relationship and it's not fair to the significant. Like I'm getting treated or I'm getting mistreated a certain way because of your past. And that's not fair to me. Definitely. What about you, Drastic? Um, I've been in situations where like with like say a woman might have issues more than one situation where a woman might have issues with her father, you know what I'm saying, from her childhood. Um, you know, maybe yeah. you know. So I think that affects how do you, you know what I mean? I really can't pinpoint exactly how it affects, but I could definitely tell that it does affect, you know what I'm saying, in some type of negative way. Like maybe they're more guarded or, you know what I'm saying? I, yeah, I really can't even articulate it right now because I never really took the time to really break it down on how it directly affects the relationship. But I know, you know what I'm saying, any any person that's gone through some type of traumatic experience, especially on, on some of the levels that I've heard, you know what I'm saying, it's got to affect them as an adult. Definitely. But I mean, we're, we're talking about, we know, like we, we all have been affected. You know, we mm -hmm. all been affected some way, somehow. Like I grew up, just me growing up in New York, me growing up, you know, being a rough kid at the time, being very influential in a negative way. And, you know, getting shot at, getting guns pulled out on me yeah. and being in a place where I can care less. Like guns oh, is pulled out and I'm not even budging. You know what I mean? Like, do what you got to do, and I'm walking towards the gun. You get what I'm saying? So I've been the hardest of hard, where I felt invincible, and then I've been, you know, woke up, and now it's time to, like, help the community, and it's time to help people, and it's time to build strong relationships. So I've been in both parts. But we're more talking about, so obviously that affects me at this point in life because, you know, I know the other side of life. I know how hard it could get, and I also know how great it could be. And I'm, you know, I'm in that place where I'm like, let's go where it could be, how great it could be. I don't even see the hardships. I'm just trying to get to where we need to go. But when we're dealing with relationships, we was just more talking about dealing with people that they drain the relationship. So you go into a relationship where you're not already equals and you spend most of your time trying to convince that person that life is great. Or, or even convince that person that you're not the person that broke their heart or you're not their dad or you're not their mom or you're not the people that 
didn't do right by you. And I think that that in itself is, could be a little draining within the relationship as well. Because a lot of times people come in with baggage and they can't really articulate why they have the baggage, but for whatever reason, whatever you're doing is triggering a memory, a thought, an emotion. And then that's when things start to kind of, that's where the conflict happens. But then they feel entitled to those feelings because it happened to them. And you don't understand it because it didn't quite happen to you. And I think that that's when it becomes the issue. Yeah, what do y'all think? Yeah, I mean, I can't, for some reason off the top of my head, I can't think of any situations where I can directly relate to that, but it makes sense. I think part of it is because I haven't had a lot of, to be honest, I haven't had a lot of a straight up relationship with the title type of thing, you know what I mean? A lot of friends with benefit situations where, you know, I didn't get really get involved in all of the deep emotional stuff. Oh, so you haven't had a lot of relationships where you dealt with all the emotional stuff? Yeah, you know, I mean, I've, 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 I've had my fair share, but I can't say that I've had a lot of them, you know? Oh, okay. I mean, it's just, it could be one. <laughs> you don't have to have the, like, you know, some of us haven't dated a bunch of people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I can definitely say that I've been a person who was heartbroken and scared after my first heartbreak, and I'm I like I've talked to millions of men. I mean, in my time now, since I was like 15, I've been asking a bunch of men, every man I come across. You know, when did you decide not to really give all your heart? And they always say that first heartbreak. Heartbreak, yeah. That first one, that first one. Everybody, all the men promise never to do it again. So yeah, we fall, but we don't fall quite as hard as we fell that first time. And I, you know, and I, me being that straight out, I used to just walk up to women and be like, listen, or girls and be like, listen, I'm not going to be with you. You somebody I'm messing with. So when you see me with somebody else, like I've always been honest. So it's always been the thing where I was so heartbroken, I was scared to commit. So I just dated a variety of people and it just wasn't who I was. Like I was a relationship guy. So I came to grips with that and then I started going hard. So obviously I dated a lot of people in that, around that time. But then after that, I didn't have many relationships because all my relationships have been kind of long-term. And then, you know, while all my friends was running around dating, I was serious about, you know, being with people for the long haul. So it don't matter how many times, how many, you know, it doesn't matter how many women you had. It's just whether you experienced it. And that's where you relate. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead, Justin. Now I was... I guess I was just responding to what he was saying because I think he was responding to me is, uh, you know, I, I, I could relate because um, I was like a monogamous dater, I would say. You know what I'm saying? I carried myself like a player, but I really was only dealing with one woman at a time. In her mind, I'm messing with everybody in the world, but you know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, I, I, and, and, and my main reason was for some of the same stuff that you said is like, you, get, you go through that heartbreak, so now you're scared to actually put that title on it, you know what I'm saying? And, and dig too deep emotionally, you know? Definitely. What about you, Jazz? What about you? Well, I guess Jerry wanted to add. Well, uh, what I wanted to add was that, you know, another spin on it is, is we connect on past pain. We connect, we connect through pain as well. So a lot of times we, we, when we're connecting with new people, 
sometimes we can kind of get caught up in why our relationship failed with the people before that person. And a lot of times it's about the same thing. So we connect on those things without really realizing that we're connecting on the negative instead of connecting on the positive. So I think that, you know, when you think of hardships and all that stuff as well, it could even be like, you know, you were abused as a kid. I was abused as a kid. We belong together. You know what I mean? Because we understand it. Or he cheated on you. She cheated on me. Damn, that that sucked. Like, you know, we, you know, like, those are the things that we, we sometimes get, we get caught up in, but not realizing that we're getting caught up in it. And I think that we, that can add to the conversation as well. So you may not necessarily meet someone who has hardships and they think their hardship is greater than your hardship, but there's also the part of they have hardships and you have hardships. And that's the, the, the reason why you guys connected in the first place. Yeah, that's true. That does happen a lot. Yeah, I would say that that actually, this topic applies more to my friendships because I haven't dated much. So I would, and my, the experience that I have dated, like seriously, I mean, obviously my heart, my heart was broken when I was younger, but like, I don't really count high school type relationships. So um, I, I really can't put input as far as dating is concerned. It's just more for relationships. It's more what, as, what Jerry was saying as far as like, when I had a best friend, she, you know, her mom, she, her mom was like a crackhead at when, when they were growing up. And it was like all this drama. She had like 13 brothers and sisters, like all in one house. So that part of our relationship, there was a break because I obviously couldn't relate. I grew up in a two-parent home for a large portion. And, um, and but that, that, that caused uh, a break in our relationship. Because she didn't seem that you, you she didn't think you understood the struggle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was in a, and I was also in a whole different place. So um, she ended up once uh, somebody came into school, she connected. They were able to connect on that that type of past that they both kind of shared. And her and I stopped being friends. And, this, and we were best friends for like a good two three years. And once this other person came in, it was like our relationship was over. Mm-hmm. So. What about you, Darrell? Um, I'm listening. Like I'm trying to figure. I mean. So obviously, I've been I'm obviously the one who's come out of a serious relationship. Like I was married, so it's, so I was like separated two or three times, and I'm trying to think of like what I can bring to the panel. I'm sure like if someone says something, sparks something, I'm sure I'm going to be able to jump in. But I'm honestly like kind of what Jurassic was saying. I'm kind of sitting here trying to figure out exactly what I can bring to the panel so I can relate it better, so I can kind of get my experience on it. So that's why I'm kind of quiet. I'm I'm trying to figure out what to say. Yeah, you know we we got extensive information, so we can go on forever. We just want to make sure that we engage everybody and keep everybody's you know perspective. We can hear what you have to say because I think the biggest thing is really to connect, truly connect on the fact that we are here to build healthier relationships, but at the same time we're here to build leaders within relationships, yeah. and we want people to see that. When you join a relationship, like we we always tell people we the opposite, not the opposite, we what comes after self-help. Like once you're helping yourself, then it's time to merge with other people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody talks about you, I take care of you first, which is a guarantee. But we always look at it like we're always taking care of us. So we have the right people around us. They're taking care of us. We're taking care of them. So we're, we're all taking care of and a lot of people just focus on what's going on with them, what's happening with them. So when we now get in these relationships with these hardships, and I've been in a few, obviously I've been in relationships with people that didn't have as many hardships as I had, but because I'm such a positive person, 
I'm already overcome my hardships and I'm ready to move in a direction and work as a unit. And they're still worrying about how much they've been through. And the reason we brought it up is because it's a sickness. It drains the relationship. Yeah. It drains what, what can be great about the relationship. Like people don't never look at it like you've been through everything you've been through and then you met me. So now it's time to get over what you've been through. Like I'm the person that's supposed to carry you outside of what you went through. You get what I'm saying? I'm not the person that is is supposed to work work through it with you. I'm not the person that's supposed to be your therapist. I'm the person that's now supposed to help you build something so we can do something as a unit. Mm. And a lot of people don't look at it that way. They they look at it like this person's we we supposed to help the person that's struggling the most. Well, also too, I think that it, it avoids them of accountability. So I've been in relationships where because they, you know, had a, a rough childhood and they had to deal with things on their own or they didn't really have the guidance that they believed that I had. And whenever things would, whenever they would fall short in, in say the area of communication, it was, you know, always, well, you know, my mom was this and I grew up this way and that's all good, you know. It's not all good. The point is, like, it's you have to let the people that you're dealing with know who you are and where you came from, right? So they can have insight. But the minute that that's the reason why you're falling short and you're not being held to a different standard because now you know better, then that become that became an issue. So I think that that's another thing too. I think when you know a lot of people, they either do two things: they leave the past in the past and they don't discuss it, or they they discuss it with you, but then they use that as a reason why they're not where you are in certain areas when they're falling short. And I know in my relationships, that's been an issue for me. Have any of you guys experienced that? I mean, I've used it before, hundred um, percent. Like I said, when um, when Aziz said, you know, what you said, and, and Jerry said, what you, I mean. Sometimes I think y'all talking to me directly. Like now that y'all saying stuff, like now I can actually relate to it. When you um like okay, like for example, in my last relationship, um, you know, my ex-wife had a, you know, we had a stepson, right? So minute something falls short with me as far as parenting, right? My first excuse is I ain't never been a parent before. Mm -hmm. Or I ain't never, you know, like I've never raised a son before, or I've never done this, or I've never done that. So because I'm falling, because this person's holding me to that standard. And I'm supposed to step up to be a man. And, and since, you know, once you take that vow, you know, you take that responsibility, that, that's your son, no matter what. So it's like, when I fall short, my excuse is, ah, I'm sorry. You know, it's still new to me. I've never been a parent before. My bad. I, I'll get better next time. But, but she still holds me to that standard. So I can definitely relate to that. I just wanted to say, like, in response to what Jerry was saying, um, isn't it possible that the communication styles are just different? Because I think in general, you know what I mean? Most of the time men like to process things logically in their head before they express that. Well, I can't speak for all men. I can speak for myself. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a first thought, best thought type of person. Um, if a situation is going on, I want to process that first before I react or before I respond because I might react. I try, I try to be precise with everything I do. You know what I'm saying? To the best of my ability. So, I might not be able to communicate immediately. You know what I'm saying? I might need to process that first and then and then express myself. So maybe some of the dudes that you dealt with were, you know, dealing with similar dilemmas. You know what I mean? Like, I, and I can't, I guess, I guess I got to say a general, generality, but in general, a lot of times women like to talk through what they're thinking about. 
You know what I'm saying? Or get their homegirl or get somebody from their family and they discuss it. You know what I'm saying? Their, their thoughts is flowing, they're communicating. But men will just meditate on it for a while. And then once they come to a conclusion on how they want to present it, then they'll present it. Well, my example that I was giving wasn't was actually the opposite. So the the, the issue was that he would lash out and fight dirty. So he mm. would say really mean and disrespectful things because he grew up in that environment. So it wasn't that he was, he, I mean, he needed to take a, a, a seat and think about what the hell he needed to say. But instead, he would lash out and say mean things. And then when everything was all said and done, I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't really mean it. Well, you know how I was raised and blah, blah, you know, that he went that route. Oh, so I God. do understand that, you know, sometimes people need a second to really think about things. But you can't just totally shut down because there's two of us. So you have to have the conversation, say, you know what? I need a minute to think about this and let's revisit this. You know what I mean? Like, that's okay. And yes, I do agree. Women tend to be a little bit more emotional and they want to deal with things head on. But there's no one, whether it's man or woman, should ever think that it's okay not to be able to, to take time and not say that they need the time. And then it's like, how much time? Because we're in this together. I shouldn't be waiting days on end for us to have a conversation because we're in this together. I agree with that 100%. Well, I would just want to say too, like to Aziz's point, like I remember like with my friend, the thing is it didn't like to me I felt betrayed, right? Because it was like I was always there for her. It didn't matter that I didn't go through what she went through to some degree because we we, we are where we're at now. And I was helping her navigate through where we were at now. There was nothing that I can do to change her past. There's nothing that she can do to change her past. So to kind of slight me on the fact that her and I didn't grow up with the same past or same trauma, I, I felt it, it was wrong. I felt like I was, I was being held to a certain standard that no one can really, anyone new in her life can really hold up to. And then it's just like, what am I there for if all I am there is to relate to your past and I can't move you to your future? You know what I mean? So I, I think that that also plays a part in relationships too because although I can... I can empathize or I can hear where you at and I can try to understand that at the end of the day, we're trying to move forward. So what does that, what does that matter? We have to be on the stage, same page now. Yeah, the thing is too, like, the, I, so you're right about that. And when it comes to um, friendships or even people that you meet in general, like I know I, when, I, when I meet a person and we have, we grew up in the same era, listening to the same music, you know, we, we have a lot of those things in common. Like that's a nice unspoken bond and you already have that automatic connection. Mm -hmm. So I can understand that, but to not, to push somebody away because they don't understand what it is to be raised by a crackhead is, 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 is unhealthy. You know what I mean? And I guess at the time, being she, she was young, you know what I mean? So I, I guess at the time she felt that that's the best, like her best friend would understand that, you know what I mean? But at the same time, like I could understand why we do, we all seek people that we have things in common with, you know, like that unspoken bond, like Aziz and I, like we have the same slang, we listen to the same music, we grew up in the same era. Like there's this connection that we have that Jazz and I would never have because of how we were, how, that we were raised in the same, this, we were born the same year, we went to the same schools, we did a lot of the same things. So I think we, that's okay to, to want that. But if that was our only connection, and then we were connecting, and then I wanted Aziz to connect with me on my past pain, then that's where things would get a little weird and probably unhealthy. Well, yeah, and, I, and the thing is, I agree with that. Like, so um, it wasn't even that I couldn't empathize or understand what she was going, like, what her past, or whatever the case may be. But I think the biggest thing is she never really communicated that to me. And I think that's why I felt so betrayed. Like, we went on for years, riding and dying, doing all types of stuff together. 
And that was never something that she really communicated to me until this new person came in. And, you know, she probably didn't and then know. I started to notice, like, yeah, maybe, maybe not. I mean, and all, all as well, like, it is what it is. But, I mean, that's the only way I can kind of run the situation that you guys are throwing out there. But I could definitely see how that would play a part if we were, you know, if we was together, or if, you know, like, you know, if I had a, a, a guy that just did the same, displayed the same. Mm -hmm. I think you made a valid point, Jazz. Like when people hear relationships, they tend to think, even when we get our questions, because we got a question or we got a, um, a person asked us to review a topic and, you know, everything dealt with relationships. Like, I mean, like romantic relationships. So yeah. Relationships are all around. So we talk about relationships. We're talking about friendship. We're not really diving into family because family is going to be somebody that you just hold down most people hold down regardless, but they're not friends with their family members, typically. So there's a whole different component to that. But we really focus on friendships and we focus on romantic partners. And I do think like, I think any anybody that believes that they have priority because of their hardship, I think that they're going up the, you know, they, they're, they're going the wrong way. Because, like you said, Darrell, like, oh, I signed on to be a stepfather. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as it was time for me to step up, my thing was like, I've never done this before. Well, what are you doing to learn? Mm -hmm. What are you doing to put in the work? Are you monitoring? Are you following the person's lead? Are you seeing what's going on? Are you fully invested? And then the person comes off as a nag because they're holding you accountable. Right. And then we get to this point where you feel attacked and it just spirals as opposed to being accountable for your part, as opposed to saying, I'm not stepping up like you're doing now. You're saying, listen, I gave an excuse. I wasn't stepping up. I wasn't doing what I needed to do. But if you rewind it and you actually did that from the beginning, I think the communication would have been different. Mm -hmm. You know what and I mean? Also at the same time, that's growth. I mean, so, so where I was in my life, I mean, I wasn't totally young, but, I'm, but I was, my mind was a little different, so that, so that derail so so that derail a couple of years back, you know, I really wasn't trying to hear what she was trying to say. But now that I'm a little older, you know, a little bit more mature, it it, it makes more sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you step up to the plate. You know, you signed up for this. If you didn't want to sign up for it, then you shouldn't even put yourself in. You shouldn't have put yourself in that position. If you sign up for it, um, you sign up for what come along with everything. So again. I wasn't that mature then, but not, but now, but now I am. So that's just so. So in my opinion, at some point, it's it's all about growth as well. Definitely. I mean, I, I can see that as something we all, you know, we all can reflect on. But I think even in the moment, like you're you're saying, this is what I'm gonna do. So you have grown since the situation, of course. Absolutely. Have you reached back out? Uh, it, it, as far as that situation, mm -hmm. yeah, reached back out and said you was wrong. Absolutely. I mean, and even though we're not together, I'm still going to take care of him because I've known him since he was seven. He's now ready to turn 16 years old. So oh, okay. So at the same time, it's like just because they didn't wear it with me and your mom doesn't mean I'm going to leave your life. So, so, so again, I signed up for that, and, you know, I'm going to see that through. Yeah, that's I'm honorable. I'm going to see him graduate. I'm going to see him go to college. I'm, I'm going to make sure he's good. Definitely. That's honorable. That's really honorable. Yeah, that's accountability to, to the fifth degree. Mm -hmm. and to drastic about, you know, the communication styles, like everything, everything dealing with perspective. If we take a step back, 
we're like, okay, perspective. When we're talking about humanity, that's where perspective plays the biggest role. Let's say we're talking about our fellow neighbor or our fellow walking down the block or walking down the street or different religions and different faiths. We got to be clear when we're talking about relationships and personal relationships, we're talking about five people out of billions. So perspective doesn't play as much of a part because we're signing on to something. This is a commitment. So if you're not, like, let's say you're a better communicator than I am, it's going to be acknowledged. I should be ready to follow your lead or I shouldn't be in a relationship with somebody that I can't follow the lead of, somebody who's stronger at something than I am and follow their lead. You have had past relationships, right? You have had ex-friends, you don't have ex-partners, you don't have, like they're exes for a reason. The reason they're exes is not because of perspective. The reason they're exes is because y'all not moving in the same direction. Mm -hmm. There is a bottom line to this personal, like this is where we get to these 20 year, 30 year relationships where you get all this advice about sticking around and walking through it and fighting through it. And they're teaching, they're teaching us to be miserable in relationships. Like, you now on the same page, let's be clear here. It's a selfish thing. Relationships are selfish. You're picking a few out of a billion. Mm -hmm. But you got to be selfless in, meaning that you got to be ready to now navigate as one unit. And that's why we say love is a group journey, because when you're ready for love, you're ready to, like, say, fuck me. It's all about we. And you got to trust the people that you actually are in that relationship with, and all those relationships with. I can't be me and Drastic, me and you chilling. We vibing real strong and I decide to get a girl. You know what I mean? And she's total opposite than what we all stand for. You're going to look at me like, yo, wait up. What just happened? But the way you was raised is like, yo, that's, that's my man girl. So I got to respect that. Do you? Mm-hmm. Like have self-respect. Like you signed on for a lifetime with me and I just decided to go outside the box and pick somebody who's going to destroy our relationship. Yeah, but why is it there first? Why why's it got to be a destroyer, though? Can't it be like, you go on a date with her, you want to date with her? We playing basketball or something? That's what it is, you know what I mean? Like, no, I'm, gotta saying, be I'm saying she's total opposite. Yeah, so like, I just don't got to be around when you when you chilling with your girl. So, but, so. but, 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 go ahead, Jerry. No, but the thing is, is that when we, when, when we start to become mature in our decisions and that's all good, well, it is never all good, but if we're all, if we're all supposed to, if we're all supposed to be one group of people and you're dating a girl, that's the total opposite of what we all stand for, including yourself. How do you think that that's ever going to work? Like that's a short term situation. Like, why does that even make sense? Like, how does that make sense to you at all? Like you, you're, you're dealing with this girl because for whatever reason, and it's a short term, it's a short term decision because she doesn't, she doesn't check any of your boxes. She's not going to mess with any of your friends. She's not, you probably don't want her around any of your children, but yet you're still going to invest time with her. Like it doesn't make sense. So I'm not in my head because I'm like, I went exactly through that, right? You meet someone, they don't get along with your friends. They don't get along with certain family members. Yes, your interests aren't similar, and all that's there is, in my opinion, just lust, right? So it's like, and and if you get into a serious relationship with this person, engage, and you get married, like that's going to be the dilemma. All like the like that's going to be a conflict wherever you go. 
I'm hanging out with my boys. She got a problem with it. So like, it's, you know, it's, autom- it's an automatic divide. And, yeah. and you would get to a certain stage in our life where everything should mirror. Everything in your life should mirror each other, who you're dating, who you're friends with, how you're raising your kids. Like all of those things should, should, should mirror each other. It shouldn't be so, so different that so much so that now is divide and conquer whenever you with homegirl, like everything has to be separate. Like, oh, we would all be together, but I'm with homegirl. Nobody likes us. So she's staying home or, you know, or like your, your life is going to automatically be divided. Is that worth it to you? I'm never doing that again. I mean, like, I guess is is how you define friendship, because what you just said, we play ball together. That's not a friendship. That's somebody I play ball with. Like my friends, I'm like they know my kids. I know they kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like my friends, you know what I mean. I'm paying bills if I'm paying their bills if they need me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. They're paying my bills. We are intertwined. Somebody come to break that and now telling me I can't pay their bills or I can't hang out with their child or I can't. I mean they 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 they're speeding. You know what I mean? One thing I know and one thing I always tell people is when you enter my life, you're entering everybody's life I love. So, like, we're all aligned and nothing's going to break that. So I'm going to obviously go out and find somebody who's aligned with that same alignment. You get what I'm saying? Because I believe that that is the, that is the key to everything. That connects everything. Without my close friends, how am I being held accountable for remaining who I am as an individual? You know what I mean? They know me, so they know when I'm slipping. So I start drinking a little, a little too much. Who's gonna walk up to me and say, "Listen, you need to get it together." Like I need people around me that's not just utility. It's utility friends. That's what we call them. I know so many people with utility friends. The people they go out to drink with. The people they go out to play ball with. The people that everybody has a utility friend in this networking. And we just had this discussion with, you know, we was on a call with somebody and we just had this discussion with people we was on that call with about how everybody is networking now. Not, there's no friendship. Everybody's networking. It's like, I'm going to have a discussion with you to see if I can advance some way somehow. You know what I mean? I'm going to act like I'm, I'm, I'm pro, I'm against Trump or I'm pro this or I'm pro that just so you can, you can buy into my dream or buy into what I want to do. Nobody really wants to say what they have to say anymore. You know what I mean? So when you have friends, it's about being as raw. It's about being as real. It's about building that framework that says my my wife, my friends, everything has to coexist. My wife should be able to call me out. My wife should be able to call my friend out. You know what I mean? We all have to be in each other's best interest. We all have to have a certain understanding where we live a certain way where we can hold each other accountable. I can't hold you accountable if you don't, I don't know what you stand for. What am I holding you accountable for? What did you sign up for? And when you're, and when you're truly strong in your beliefs, then everything should align across the board. I used to have friends for different reasons. So I have friends I can go out with. I have friends that I could drink with. I have friends that I could have deep conversations with. But then what used to happen when Jerry would have a party and all these friends would be together, it was awkward because no one really, there was no real line to ask to why, like everyone couldn't coexist. I was able to coexist with them because I would bring them around for different reasons, but everyone couldn't coexist as a unit. And it made me, and, and it was all fun and games when I didn't really want to be, 
when I didn't really want to stand firm in my beliefs. I wanted to still have fun. Doing things out of fun was more important than it was for me to build a solid core group. And so as long as I was doing that, everything was all good until when I decided that I wanted to be strong in my beliefs and really mature and, and figure out what friends I really wanted around and why I wanted them around, my, my friend's circle shrunk. But then now I, I'm able to have friends that can all coexist in the same room. And I think that that showed that it took me a while to, to, to grow into that. Um, but yeah, people have people around for different reasons. And if all if you have all these different people around for different reasons, the one question that you should be asking yourself is, could they all exist in one room? And if not, then maybe you should reevaluate that. Or you can go a step further and, and say to yourself, when you sit back and you evaluate your circle, how many friends do you really have? Yeah, that too. Mm-hmm. Without all the fun, what exactly? When, well, when, let's go when, even deeper. Define friend. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. find friend for yourself. Yeah. Because, like, we, we, we do do this whole, everybody has a different understanding of what a friend is. Everybody has a different this. And what we do is like when let's say I, I don't we done we done had sessions with people that have been in hardships and abusive relationships and they think that's normal. You get what I'm saying? So they're now telling us, nah, but you know, and I said you let one thing you let you get smacked in the face and go back. The person can do but so they can do everything under the sun. They gotta like trump that for you to walk out on. Telling your soul slowly but surely just because you're taught, oh, well, you know, this happens. It's hardships. This happens in relationships. You're saying, oh, people lose their cool sometimes. I I don't never remember smacking a girl for losing my cool. You know what I'm saying? I don't remember that. So this is what I'm saying. There are people out there that ain't going to smack you. Yeah. So you you decide what your worth is. Everybody else convincing you otherwise, I mean, I don't understand. But go ahead. Go ahead, um, Drastics. I was just going to say, some people that are like that, that view it that way, like, they don't feel loved if they're not hit. I know. Like, they, yeah. Like, like they, like, they desire that. They want that. They pick fights with you. Mm-hmm. They pick yeah. fights with you. I done had, I done been with a woman that was in an abusive relationship, came out of an abusive relationship, and she would always pick fights with me. And I'm like, Listen, I'm not never going there. Like I would X you out my life before I go there. Yeah, absolutely. Represents who I am. So I'm not gonna lose focus of that. So, like we we could we could we could we could we can go around it. We can now say you know, like a lot of people say blood is thicker than water. A lot of people, I'm like you know, what I mean people that share my blood out here. Like I have I have cousins in jail. I have cousins that rape women. You know, I have all kinds of people in my family. You know what I mean? And that's the real. They're not going to be my friends. No way in hell, just because we blood. So we got to start really having real discussions with who we want around us. Ain't little kids. When you're young, you're developing. You're you're now going to a place where you have a bunch of friends because you're trying to figure it out. Yeah. It's people that's still up in age, still trying to figure it out, because they were never there was never a path. And like I, I had a quote that I wrote. I mean, I think it was about maybe three years ago. But I'm like a person that decides to change their lives and go to church, or a person that decides to change their life and join the group. 
a positive group, they're called a cult and brainwashed. But soon as you drinking and smoking and passing a blunt, you call the crew. Mm-hmm. And that's the society we live in in a nutshell. Yeah, that's a fact. That's tough, yeah. People go crazy when I tell them I don't drink. Like, we have whole discussions as if I'm the crazy person. But drinking is essential when it comes to this coronavirus. Like, we got to sit back and look at the world that we yeah. live in. So, it's crazy. yeah, when we, come across, when we come across you, you're going to lose people because you think different. Now you're thinking different. Now you want to call. Now you're straight. And people's going to say you too focused. And people's going to say you too, you too this and too that. Everybody's going to have all the opinions about you in the world. As soon as you have a pain about them, you judgmental. You wrong. You, you too picky. Nobody's ever going to love you because you too harsh. Like, you hear it. This is the reality of it. Or you're searching for perfect. Nobody's. Yeah, or you, you, know, you want something perfect. And it's, I just want a stand of excellence. And Darrell, you play ball. So I, do. I always, you know, we was just talking about this earlier. I just jumped out the shower because, you know, you're always thinking why you've all in the toilet or in the shower. So you jump out, I jumped out the shower and I was like, what's the difference between a locker room, a championship locker room and, a, and the, the, the 30th team in the NBA? The champion team has a standard of excellence every single day. The 30th team is still trying to get paid. The stars still just trying to get their money. Everybody living individualistic. The other team, the championship team, is living as one team. You ain't a part of the culture, you're gone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know that's how my village is set up. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, like, it's about being champions. It's not about everybody, yo, let's just have our own view. Jerry strong on something. We have an argument. We have our perspective, but we have to find a way to move as one unit. And when she's right, I'm moving in that way. Period. I don't care about what's going on with me and how I feel. The point is we are unit. It's what makes more sense. So we can argue perspective till we blue in the face and turn in circles, or we can start looking for what makes more sense. There's flaws in every last argument. Can we all say that? Yeah, absolutely. There's pros and cons to everything. Mm -hmm. But you're actually looking for more pros, just like when you pick a partner. There's pros and cons to everything. Mm -hmm. But you're looking for a woman or a man with less less cons and more pros. So if you keep on letting people spin you out of control, talking about, you know, things happen and people go through things, there's people that ain't going to cheat on you. I tell you that much. People ain't going to disrespect you. I tell you that much. It's people who's going to respect what you have to say. And there's people who's going to live, live, live life every day to wake up to make sure that they looking out for everybody around. Believe that. But we, we around grimy people. So we tend to think the whole world's like that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we look at, when we look at hardship and we really take a good look at hardship, cause we're living one now. Yeah. You know what I mean? We can't just, I walk out the room, I walk out the house, and I got to come back to get my face mask every time. I'm not used to it. It's a hardship. Or people being home or, you know, or people on the, uh, that, that, that are still going to work every day and afraid, you know, because they may, they may come in contact with the virus. So the people that are home that's not used to being home with, you know, a house full of people or, you know, close quarters, their children, there's a lot, of, there's a lot going on right now. 
I'm yeah. going to say a hardship is if you ain't used to being home with your wife or your girlfriend and all your kids, everybody goes to work every single day and y'all got your jobs and, and, and all y'all confined in this environment. That's a hardship. It, it's yeah. not a bad hardship, but you got to adapt to what's going on. You're not mm-hmm. used to being around your significant other for 13, 14, 15 hours. It's crazy. Somebody got to baby. baby somebody. You got to babysit your own kid. That's all I'm saying. Shout out to the teachers, man. But we ain't, we ain't, we ain't even, we ain't even feeling it. I'm just gonna keep it real with y'all. Like we, we've been doing this. We've been building a, a, a tight unit. We've been in touch with each other every single day. We've been challenging each other every single day. We've been arguing every single day. So this is like real life for us. It's regular life. We ain't even feeling it. This is why we have these discussions. You know what I mean? Through the coronavirus, I done lost people I've known. You know what I mean? I done been through, you know, I I done been through the same pain other people have been through. But I while I have life, I can't stop giving life. You know what I mean? So I think like when we look at certain things, we need to look at the hardships. Like Darrell, you just came out of a marriage. Now you're dating, you're going through, you know, you're trying to figure out if somebody's the next person. Mm-hmm. When you came out that marriage, the world looked a little different, didn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. A little is an understatement. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. You know why? Because pain clouds your judgment. So then you run into a guy like me and you always telling me, yo, but you don't understand. You don't understand. Yo, but I'm married, but you, you, you're not married to the woman I'm married to. Like now you have an inside scoop on pain. You have an inside scoop on suffering. You have an inside scoop on this. Now look where you at now after you went through all the hardships. And now you ready to start dating again. And now you got that optimism back. Mm-hmm. Where are you now? We could have these discussions. I'm open to talk a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to take accountability for the things I went wrong with. Mm-hmm. It, opens your, it opens your mind. That's healthy. I mean, not even that. I mean, I feel like whoever listens to these, to these podcasts, I feel like if I can give insight on my experiences on what I did wrong and help the next man or the next person, next relationship not to make the same mistake or the same or take the same turn that i made and kind of like what you're saying that i helped someone else grow so that's how i look at that as well definitely and i would agree i would agree with that so i mean think about it i mean drastic you know we always on we always teasing you about you going in circles and spinning a Spending something on control when we typing on Facebook. Oh, yeah, scenarios and all of that. Yeah, yeah, with your scenarios. And I'm like, I know you forever. And you know that I'm like a, you know, I'm like a straight edge person. So I'm going to be like, yeah, all these stories and stuff. Like, what is the outcome? You know what I mean? So like, but one thing I know is you're super intelligent. One thing I know is you're a thinker. One thing I know is you always trying to see the other side of the coin. You know what I'm saying? Like you always wanting to do what's right. And you believe doing what's right is actually seeing the other side of the coin, but the coin, but we always was trying to get you narrow your focus and see what coin you like who you are, because people got to learn to accept who you are and who you think you're, what you think you're strong in. They don't have to accept your weaknesses, but they have to accept your strengths. And something that you're strong and I might think is weak. We don't belong in the same circle. Because I'll steal from you every day. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? But we have a lot of people around us that steal from us. What you mean by that? 
that steal from us. Meaning, like, we had a podcast. I was talking to a young lady who was like, one of her friends were was black and white. Let's say she was saying she was black and white. She was too black and white. So I'm like, okay, she's too black and white. What do you mean by that? And she was just like, you know, everything's not black and white. And I'm like, we understand. Like, I don't know a person walking on this earth that don't understand everything's not black and white. But leadership, we have to make decisions. So we got to find, well, think great, we got to find black and white. So the strength is the woman is black and white because leadership is a strength. But you don't have the same priorities she has. You don't own the same space she has. So she has to make all the decisions and you got a chance to go at all her decisions because ultimately she's making them decisions. The same friend, the next, the friend came on the following week to our podcast because we thought we reach out to her to hear her perspective. And she was like, yeah, I was too black and white. So we looking at her, like, give us an example. Mm-hmm. You can jump right in, you know, like, give us an example. So example she gave was like, she made a decision. So mm-hmm. I'm like, why are you too black and white when you're making a decision? Because you have to make them. Your friend don't have to make the decisions because she's leaning on you to do it. Yeah. She want you to be the bad guy. Her being black and white is a strength. Mm-hmm. But what I did say in one of her scenarios she did give, she was bullheaded in her scenario. That's not black and white thinking. That's bullheadedness. There's a difference when you know you're dead wrong and you still wrong and strong. Mm. Like, I'm going to say I'm wrong, but I'm going to give you hell to prove me wrong. I tell you that much. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm not just forfeiting my convictions when it's convenient. But once you point, break something down, I'm like, all right, I can see that. And I'm adapting your belief because you just taught me something. So, yeah, she's being bullheaded, but that's a different word than being black and white. Black and white means that you're affected. You're efficient. Your leadership. Everybody has to be a parent. Everybody has to say you can't go to that party. Right? That's one thing, a scenario I use. When we all parents, we got to make decisions that our kids won't like. And they can give us the perspective argument too. How many of us is listening to that? I listen. No, I mean, how many people, once we're like, you're not going to the party. Yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah, situation like that, nah, nah. No, I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And she's like, well, technically, if you was a good parent, because Bob's mom is letting her go, and right? It's like, for real? Whose house are you living in? <laughs> what environment are you living in? We're not talking about listening as they're explaining the type of party. We're talking about once we have all the information we feel we need and we make a decision, we're making the decision Yeah. for the team. Like, my kid is not going out there and putting themselves in, in a bad situation. I already see this party ain't looking good. Mm-hmm. Or w- whatever the situation is. So everybody knows what it means to be a leader. Everybody knows that. And they know they got to make hard decisions. But not all, everybody wants to do that. So they leave the love snobs to do it. <laughs> and then we say all kinds of outrageous things. And people's like, what you mean I don't love my kid? What you mean? Like... We say all these things and have wheels turning, but we can back it up. You get what I'm saying? But what I mean, what's your past like your past friendships been like? Like how do y'all look at friendships when it comes to like these hardships? Cause y'all, you know, y'all talk about romantic partners, but I don't really hear enough about friendships. See, I look at friendships like 
and it's funny because I was just talking to someone about this a couple weeks ago. Sometimes friendships have an expiration date. Sometimes you only meant to be friends for a couple weeks, a couple months. Maybe you got a long time friendship, but sometimes friendship friendships aren't made to last forever. And people come in and out of your life forever, whatever time. You know what I mean? God puts them in your life, but I really feel that way. Like, like sometimes all friendships aren't healthy, aren't you know what I'm saying? Sometimes during the friendship, somebody might do something to make you change your mind about that person, but all friendships just aren't made to last forever. And I believe that. Yeah, especially like when you're in high school and stuff like that, you got a million friends because y'all all going to school at the same time and y'all all going to hang out after school and stuff like that. But, you know, when you when you become an adult and you got responsibilities and you got a family and so on and so forth, you know what I mean? Like, like who has times for, for a million friends? Like, you're a blessed person if you got one or two good, close, genuine friends, you know? But do y'all have them, I'm saying? Yeah, do, yeah. what do you consider a friend right now? What'd you say, Jerry? I said, what do you would you what what would you consider a friend right now? Like, do you have any one or two close friends? Yeah, someone that got your best interests in mind, and you got their best interests in mind, and you know what I'm saying y'all vibe, y'all challenge each other to to be the best version of yourself that you can be. You know what I'm saying you pull each other up if if, if you're slipping, like yo, you need to pull yourself together. You know what I'm saying stuff like that. People that people that are genuine, and you know a, a good friend is the family that you choose. You know what I'm saying? Your family, your bloodline, you you, you got no choice over that. Mm -hmm. But a good friend is the family that you choose. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. I got 3,000 Facebook friends, and I probably am cool with what well, I probably consider maybe 10 of them to be friends. The rest of them are probably acquaintances. Definitely. But I mean, how are the friendships? How y'all, you know, how do y'all get along? What do y'all base it off of? You know, how do y'all decide that these people are friends? By their actions. Um, kind of what you said earlier, um, are going to be real with you. When you slipping, they're going to tell you. Be there for you. You know what I mean? You, you, you be there for them. Uh, and they got your back. Stuff like that, I guess. Let's 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 look at let's look at something different. What if we started looking at friendship as not an expiration date, but a lifelong like a lifelong journey? And the only way you can have that title is if you're ready for the lifelong journey. Mm. Would you be calling everybody your friend now? No. It changed everything, wouldn't it? Right. This is what I'm saying. Like we tend to say, we tend to change words. We tend to change words based on the fact that we want to keep people around. But if how about we have the definitions to them words and have people to fit those definitions? How about you walk out the house, look in the mirror, have your core values in place already, and only deal with people that have those core values in place? How would things be? I feel like first you got to define what your core values are. No, definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But how do y'all think life would be in that situation? Me personally, I think it's just natural for me to only gravitate towards people that share my core values. Okay. And I mean, I don't even got to have the discussion. If I see this person is grimy and, you know what I'm saying, they're doing things that don't line up with, with my fundamentals, 
I'm just going to spin probably. Or just, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even have to have the conversation. Like, I'm, I'll probably still say what's up to you when I see you in the streets, but we're not going to be breaking bread on a regular basis if you're yeah. a grimy person. You know what I mean? Definitely. That's what I'm saying. So, like, when we had friends, I was saying, like, school, like, when you look back, you'll still say, yo, that was my friend. And I'm like, I don't even think that person was my friend. It's just like when you had a girlfriend you thought you was in love with and you'd be like, I don't even think I was in love. Mm. You have a set understanding of what these things mean now that you get older. You got to redefine what you what happened in the past. Can't keep on saying, yo, I love three times when you realize you never was in love at all because you really found love this time. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like you have to have strong definitions in place already before you can actually move forward with anybody. Like I always say the priority list, I mean, y'all should work on a priority list. Y'all should always have it. When people's asking you what's your priorities, you should have them listed real quick. My first is God, my relationship with God. And I'm not talking about, I don't believe I have no religion. I'm just talking about me and God and my core values that show that I have that relationship. So nothing outside of that is gonna force me to, in this world, gonna force me to shake that. I had a question. Hold on for a second. You said that your first core value is God, but you have no religion. Can you? I have no religion. Can 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 you expand on that? Please? Love is my own, love is my only addiction. So if you want to say love is my religion, but love is my faith, I live it, own it, and I believe God is the king of it. So once you honor God, you honor love. When you honor love, you live focused. Religion is something is, is, is something that you that allows people to have structure. It's a structure you believe in because you can't govern yourself. I believe there's people in the world, I believe religion is necessary. But there's people in the world that can govern themselves, that have an understanding that they're not gonna go outside of God. They're not gonna go outside of love. When you talk about, like let's say I, I have a, a grandmother that's a Joe Witness, just to give you some background. I have a grandmother Joe Witness was raised Islamic. My mother was Islamic and Christian. My, you know, there's just so many religions. My uncle was an Islamic person. We used to all sit in the house, talk religion. They arguing, fussing, fighting, don't want to talk no more. I sat everybody down, talked about love. Everybody was talking. Mm. I gave them a clear understanding of how, what, what's common, what's common amongst everybody. We can go into scripture. We can do all that. Not to make this a whole religious thing, but we can do all that. But the common thread is love. The common thread is we all have love and belonging inside of us. And for us to all coexist in one thread, we have to first understand how to love one another. And in doing that, we have to, we have to study love. But we spend a lot of other time studying what may happen and what's going to happen long term and what's going to, but we're going to have this natural disaster and what's going to blow up here and what's going to, instead of creating our own destiny by seeing that love is the, is the core. So that's what I mean by governing myself, meaning I understand that honesty is important to me. So no matter how many times I get smacked in the face with being honest, I'm still going to be honest. Get what I'm saying? Being truthful, you can't steal that from me. That's a choice. If I decide to lie to you, I decide to be underhanded, I decide to not tell you the truth, that's on me. I decided that. Nobody else did that. To be dedicated. When I wake up and I say, listen, I'm going to be on here at nine o'clock, no matter who shows up, I'm going to be at nine o'clock, no matter who shows up, I'm dependable. When it comes to devotion, 
I'm always going to be dedicated to my faith, the things I believe, the things that the people I'm around. You never sign up with me and think that somebody outside of us is going to destroy our relationship. It has to be us that destroys our relationship. I don't care who you are. I'm devoted. So that's what the situation is. I don't sign on with you unless I'm willing to die for you. Oh, I got a question before you go into your next thought. You said yeah. that you you said that uh you'll never let somebody outside destroy your relationship with that person, right? Definitely. How do you hold somebody else accountable to make sure that they share that to share that sentiment? You hold them accountable because you you go in with an agreement. Yeah. So you never sign like I would never say, yo, me and drastic measures and Darrell is mad cool and peoples and that's my they are my friends unless we have similar we have a discussion about what it's going to take to be friends so i'm gonna say i'm not going to never allow something to go outside of and hurt us and cause us havoc do you believe the same thing and if they say yeah i can hold them accountable okay and then holding them accountable is like listen you didn't show up i have a discussion with you the next time i have a discussion with you the third time, I'm probably not going to have a discussion with you. Our discussion is I'm not rocking with you no more. Because mm -hmm. I shouldn't have to talk you into honoring your end Because you don't have to talk me into honoring mine. No doubt. That's only crazy. Deep, man. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> that's the situation. So anytime I sign on to anything, it's a contract. I understand that. I'm not a fool to believe, like, we get willy-nilly this. It's a contract. So when I said I'm going to have a wife, it's a contract. I'm going to have a wife. My wife is my head, which will be my next priority. You know, that's the person that goes through every last thing with me, no matter what. So I understand that they have to be a person that mirrors me and I mirror them. So we don't speak the same language. If people ain't being like, yo, y'all just got the same brain, we ain't doing nothing right. <laughs> so when people are like, oh, think for yourself, I'm like, no, I'm thinking for us. She's mm -hmm. thinking for us. We're thinking for us. Y'all think, think gonna, uh, we're not individuals anymore. We're a team. We got to think what's going to benefit our team. When it comes to friendships, which be my next. The reason I put friendship over a child or over any, because they helped me raise my child. They was there before my child. My child's going to have their own friends, their own family, their own everything. My friends are somebody I signed up with. I signed on for. I connected with. Now, obviously, it's all 1A. They, they, they vary in, in priority. We all know this. But that's where it all, they all stem from that. They're going to help me raise my children. They're going to be there. They're going to be there when my children are like, forget you. I'm having fun in college. Forget you. I'm doing my own thing. Forget you. I'm doing this. Like, I call my mother... We talk to my mother every day, but I call her once in a blue. Mm -hmm. My mother has her own friends. And then when I'm on the phone with her, she's like, wait up, my friend is calling, she hangs up with me. Mm -hmm. She knows that's who's gonna hold her down. I'm gonna hold her down, but not the way she gonna hold her down. They got, they got a lot of information about each other. So I understand this. I'm just real about it. We just watch it go on, but nobody really talks about it. And then my child, obviously, and then we keep we keep going. But I don't need to list my priorities all around. I'm just saying, like, you have to understand that. Because that's how you're going to stay devoted to it. But obviously, before my, my, my wife is my purpose. 
and then my wife. So we have to have an understanding that everything is going to change. Like my kids is going to, we obviously, me and my wife's going to agree, and my friends are going to agree that my kids are a priority at this particular time because they need us the most. They're crying, screaming, yelling. They need us to nurture them. But as they grow, they obviously branch out to their own. They never home. We all been there. And they got to rely on who to help them through this. We acting out. We possibly going to jail, possibly getting killed, possibly in bad situations. And who's helping them through that? They're friends. So we have to have a clear understanding of where we're going. And it's really important to have these discussions with your friends because when you when it comes when when someone's not really quote unquote stepping up to the plate and I say all their actions don't match their words, you can always go back to that priority list and see where they really listed their friends in that, that priority list and you'll get an idea of why they're act why they're acting the way that they're acting. And are they really they're being true to what they said. You know what I mean? So a lot of us, I think we hold significant others in a high regard, especially when we're picking a partner. When it comes to friendship, we don't do the same vetting for the most part. And I think that, you know, if we did, then we would have relationships that are actually are a little bit more stronger than what, what we're used to. If we took the time to really vet them like we vetted a significant other. Because it just creates it creates conflict within a relationship. I think when it comes to friendships, you believe that you don't deserve certain things. Like if I wanted to spend time with Jasmine and I'm upset that she's not making me a priority, someone would tell me like, get over it. She's just your friend. It's not that serious. She's not your man. You know what I mean? But if I if that's what I really want and that's what she agreed to, then why can't I hold it to that same standard? I should be able to. You know what I mean? But if Jasmine said, if Jasmine put friend number five on her priority list, or maybe didn't even make the cut, then it would make sense as to why she's not making time for me. So let me ask you a question. I'm, so I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to understand what you're saying. Okay, so say, for example, you got a significant other, right? And you want to hang, and your friend wants to hang out with you, and you tell your friend you can't because you're chilling with your, with your yeah. significant you should do whatever you signed up for. You shouldn't, you should, you shouldn't, if you have plans with one person, then you shouldn't break your plans with one person here with the other. So that's wrong in general. But, and I'm not saying that you, you picking one over the other. I'm saying that when we're picking friends in general, when we're picking people that we're going to call our friends, then we should really take out the time to have these conversations that we would probably have with a person that we're dating we should have them also with our friends so we can get an idea of what they believe in as well and what their priorities are as well. When it comes to breaking plans, I think it's wrong across the board. I don't give a shit who they are if you break in the plans. But again, it depends on that priority list of yours. If you put your friends over family members that you don't really hang out with, and Aziz calls me out the blue and says he needs something, I'm deading my family member to hang out with Aziz to do whatever I need to do for Aziz. So I think it, like you, you shift things around based on priorities, but you should always keep your word. And the people around you should know you should keep your word. So everyone knows that if Aziz like he's he's on my party list so if if he needs something and even I, I may have given my word to something I'm, and if what he needs comes before whatever I'm about to do then I'm gonna get those plans and and go with Aziz but if it's nothing dire I'm gonna say Aziz you know I made plans with so-and-so he's not expecting me to, to dead my plans with whoever I have plans with to go with him because he wants me to keep my word as well Definitely. Well, your priorities, just to add to you, just to give you extra background, your priorities should make sense. Yeah. Getting so your, your plans and like, let's say your friend, you promised to hang out with your friend, but your significant other decides to come up with plans and like surprise you. 
and you like dead your friend because your family because your your significant other surprised you, but you still have these core values and these beliefs that connect to your first priority, which is God, which is breaking plans, which is being dishonest, which is not holding holding that next level that goes above everybody. So everybody knows that. So your significant other knows surprising you, you're still gonna make sure you make those plans with your friends. They already know how you work. Don't that depend on the surprise though? Here we go with the scenarios. But no, it, it does. I like like I said. But a good partner would have already spoke to the friend. It's how you yeah, is how you deal with it. I'm gonna ask my friend based on the surprise. I'm gonna tell my friend, call my friend up and say, listen, because it's also based. See, now we get into a scenario where it's like it's based on what you what you holding, what you're not doing for the friend though, too, right? Yeah. Because what yeah, surprise yeah, could yeah. keep you that's, from yeah, that's a fact. supposed to do with your friends, right? So yeah, you got a triage that situation. situation. Yeah. yeah, now when you're doing that, of course, your friend is in your best interest, your partner's in your best interest. Everybody's supposed to be in your best interest. So if your 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 partner surprises you with something that makes perfect sense. Y'all was just supposed to play ball together. Y'all play ball every week together. You call your friend and say, listen, my woman just surprised me. I still want to make it. Do you think that, you know, I can take a rain check or I still I still make it? They would say it's left in their court because they are the person I made plans with. So I'm putting my wife on hold and I'm like, listen, I made plans. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give my friend a call. If they say it's all right, then we on. But if they don't say it's all right, I'm out. But I'm putting in the friends in the friends' lap because yeah. it's 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 they're the priority at that time. Before you when you're making a decision, you damn if you do, damn if you don't. Definitely. Yeah. But I'm always gonna. I'm always. But it's not really that way if you have everything in place. Everybody knows I am not breaking my word. Everybody knows that. Mm. Everybody knows my word is my bond. That's my bond to God. Everybody knows that. So they know I'm not breaking it. But there is scenarios. It's like we were supposed to go to my man's, my man's son's party, but my mother got sick. I was out. I was just was about to say that was a very easy situation. I can't make the party. I'm out. Hopefully, your kid has more parties. I'll be there, but I'm out. Like that was a very simple situation because it was dire. It was one of them things where I had to be there. Yeah, and accountability in that situation is you just. Letting them know, you know what I'm saying? Definitely. I couldn't make it, such and such happen. Definitely. And they know I'm an honorable dude, so my track record should show. My track record, definitely. That's one thing we talk about in our podcast is track record is everything. Track record gets you out of a lot of things because if you always show up and don't show up once, somebody go crazy, you got to really question their conviction with your friendship. But if you don't show up all the time, it's a habit. You really got a question why your friend's still around you. Mm -hmm. The paranoid people is the people always fucking up. The confident people are the people always showing up. Mm -hmm. So if you got a paranoid friend nine times out of 10, they didn't do you good. They never doing you good. And they always emotionally blackmailing you like, come on, you just going to leave me. They put themselves in the worst situations, which goes back to the hardship thing we was talking about. They put themselves in the worst situation and you're always bailing them out. Mm -hmm. And God forbid you don't bail them out. They get murdered that time. You're supposed to feel bad. Because it's the one time you didn't go. This is what I'm saying. You have friends that just put you in bass. They don't think of you at all. You got a wife and kids and they still out running the streets. 
put you in bad situations. Mm-hmm. So you have to have priorities. And when you have priorities, they clearly understand. Like I was running the street, I probably corrupted the people in the street with my mentality. I always sat them all down and was like, yo, I'm going to school, I'm going back to school, going with me. <laughs> like, that's one of them things. Whoever ain't going with me, I'm letting y'all know. I hope y'all back in school, but I'm not running the streets no more. So when we see each other, y'all give me five, we show love, we family, but we not friends. Mm-hmm. It's over. That's whole, that whole understanding is over. It was a hard discussion, had to be had. If you can follow me when it comes to running up on somebody, harming them, you can follow me to doing something positive. Mm. Half of them couldn't. So that was the bottom line. Leadership move. We found out who wasn't moving with leadership. So y'all got to, there's hard decisions that have to be made. And speaking of leadership, but you know, that just sparked a thought for me as well. Another example of hardship within a relationship is being around someone who, who can't, who chooses not to make a decision. So they'll say like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm loyal to a fault and they make all these, they say all these cliche things to not really make a decision. And they keep getting jerked around by the people around them because they can't say no, but yet that becomes your issue. You have to understand, you don't, you don't get it. If I say no, then this is going to happen, but it's a choice that they're making and they're creating this hardship for themselves and they're, they're bringing it to you because they, they want to vent. They, they want that support, but how could you really support someone who can't make a decision that they, that they actually want to make or they can stand by. So when you said the, the leadership thing, I, you know, it just sparked the thought about like leaders make decisions. And when you're around people that, that, that shy away from making decisions all the time, that creates a strain within the relationship as well. Have you guys ever dealt with something like that too? Well, I think you, I think you just made a good point though, because like I am also from a believer in like whoever my friends are should basically translate to who my mate's going to be and mm-hmm. vice versa. And I think that when you do, um, when you are a person who makes those like challenge, when you're challenging you and you have people make certain decisions, you kind of see how they react to it. And if you know that they can't commit or they can't make those decisions, you already know like, okay, we're not on the same page. So uh, that's something that um, I've had discussions with like different family members and and even friends and, and by having those hard discussions and making certain decisions, I automatically knew right there that we weren't going to go so far so far. Mm-hmm. Because they can't make certain decisions. Yeah, because either they can make certain decisions or the decisions that they did made was totally opposite of mine. And it, it was what it was. And you would think that those, although those decisions are hard, it was also very, I felt very free after having them because then they knew where I stood, I knew where they stood. And so moving forward, there was nothing phony about our relationship. And there were and, and there was no false misunderstandings about what actually was. Mm-hmm. Like it is what it is. And we were able to move forward past that. They would never be able to say, Well, I thought that we were this, because I made very clear that we weren't. Mm-hmm. Or vice versa. Well, I see that we, you know, we on that we at that um closing time. Well everyone's just thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We left everybody deep in thought, but you know, I just want y'all to start thinking about the relationships around y'all. I was, I'm glad we was able to just have this dialogue because it's the first one we was able to have where we could share a few stories and a few things without just asking, answering a bunch of questions. But 
you know, I just want y'all to really start thinking about the relationships y'all have around y'all and look at y'all worth. Look at what y'all believe y'all worth. And don't get caught up in the, oh, I don't really want to look bad or I really don't want to hurt this person or I really don't want to go the wrong way and overanalyze things. Like, if you can see it, uh, if you believe in the person, you got a narrow focus, focus in and, and build it with that person. But if you don't have a narrow focus, Nine times out of 10, that's not the person you need to be building relationships with. I mean, we getting up in age. Yeah, I know we getting close to, you know, having to lose people and we gonna need support. So y'all really gotta just start taking your relationship serious and really go hard. If y'all, you get married again, Darrell, make sure it's with the right person. You too, Drastic. Like make sure it's with somebody that's really on that same page and ain't still worrying about 20 other people around them, but they're worrying about the growth of y'all. I'm done. On y'all and they investing on y'all. I just got to make sure she rich. So if it don't work out, she don't care about child support. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can get with that too. But just make sure you there to support your kids as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? That's the most important thing. All right, y'all. So, you know, enjoy. Next week, we'll have another topic. Hopefully, there'll be more people. Usually, we get more people on Facebook, but somehow I wasn't connecting today. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put this up on Facebook too. So we'll be able to oh, no. reach some people. All right. Get All right, some right. Guys, everybody. Yes, yes. Right. Enjoy. Thanks for joining. All right. All right, so.